Welcome to the Elevate podcast, brought to you by the Registered Master Builders. Each week we explore the ideas and practices that help us get the best from our businesses, our teams, and ourselves. I'm your host, Ryan Castle. We talk to experts, advocates, and business owners in the construction industry to share their knowledge, insights, and experiences to help you build a better business and enjoy a better life. Now let the business building begin. I'm joined on the podcast today by David Kelly, Chief Executive of the Master Builders. David, welcome along. Yeah, g'day, Ryan. How are you? Look, I'm doing very well. Uh, at the time of recording this, we are back in a level three lockdown in Auckland, but we're uh, keeping the smile on the dial and hoping we're only in for a couple of days. So we'll see what happens. Yeah. David, I guess um, uh, many, many big uh, media topics, of course, COVID is always, always one. And uh, I think we're, as organisations and industries and businesses, we're starting to get ahead around what it looks like to be in and out of lockdown. Hopefully we'll see some changes around vaccines coming into the, into the country. But certainly another big topic in the media is just what's going on with housing. Lots of talk about uh, excess demand, rising, rising prices, et cetera. Um, availability of builders to actually build the requirement it feels like we've been talking about housing shortages in this country for it feels like decades I don't know whether that's quite the case but it certainly feels feels that way um, from your position leading the master builders what's your insights into what's currently going on in that space yeah look uh, so I mean there's some positives from a builder's point of view that there is a lot of work on there's a lot of demand um, rising house prices uh, inevitably lead to people saying well actually maybe it's a better idea for me to either extend my house or to to build a new house so that's good for our members good for builders it isn't necessarily good for potential homeowners particularly first time uh, trying to get into the market prices are just seemingly getting further and further out of reach so something's got to give there and one of the things that that we've been thinking about is is trying to bring a, a little bit of a point of difference there's a lot of talk about the rma freeing up of land that's true uh, availability of labour, uh, rising prices. But one of the things that we don't think is being talked about, which um, is critical nevertheless, is just continuity of supply, continuity of work. The boom-bust cycle that we are subject to as an industry, every time it happens, it has a major impact. And the work we did last year with Sense Partners suggested it took seven years after the GFC for us to fully recover as an industry. So one of the things that we really want to make sure the government's aware of and factors in is how do we try and smooth off some of those cycles? We're still going to have cycles, but the extremes of extreme highs and lows, that's that does a lot of damage to the industry. Mm. So I guess there's uh, lots of elements for us to, to explore there. One, uh, how is Master Builders advocating at a government level to try and smooth that cycle? And then uh, I'd also be interested for us to discuss at an individual builder, construction company owner level, what are some of the things they might be thinking about to you know make hay while the sun shines, but also protect themselves uh, with a slightly longer term horizon. Let's start with the uh, government and industry-wide view. Mm-hmm. Um, what's going on for, for master builders in terms of how we're trying to advocate to uh, help smooth that boom bust cycle potentially well i think if we uh, if we take an example in infrastructure um, you know roads pipes historically governments of whatever persuasion have seen uh, the opportunity in a downturn to invest in, in more infrastructure uh, because that's seen as a good thing a good time to get that work done uh, good employment good time to invest we don't think about housing in the same way. 
And the reason for that is that infrastructure is generally government or local government spending. Housing is generally private sector. So that's a politically difficult thing to get the head around. What we are seeing signs of, though, is that the government is starting to get the head around and saying, well, can we find another way, um, perhaps through partial underwrite of developments in the downturn? And the government has set aside, I think it's $350 million. Uh, they've parked that for the moment, and that's the right call to do that right now, but that money is still there. So if there is a future downturn, because there will be at some stage, we just don't know when, then that, they can turn that on. So I think that's an important tool that uh, for the first time that I'm aware of, the government is starting to think about that, what they call counter-cyclical investment. And David, do you um, have an understanding of what, what would trigger the use of that residential development response fund that the government's talking about? Well, it's really um, close monitoring of what's happening in the market. So the best indications we've got from most builders that is that the next 12 months are going to be very strong. Everyone's got full order books, et cetera. Going into 2022 still looks reasonably positive, but we don't know. And so I think it's a close monitoring of activity levels. Typically, that means um, if consumers start to lose confidence, they start to stop spending, then we get that downturn. So the ability for the government to turn the tap on is, is really important. The fact they've got the money set aside is critical. There still needs to be some work to do in terms of, well, who would have access to those funds? You don't just want to be giving it to developments that are going to happen anyway. That's really pointless. Sure. And you don't want to give it to developments that are really um, a basket case. That, that really should never happen. So there's some criteria to work. And they need to work with the construction industry, the development industry. Uh, exactly what that mechanism is, that's the work that we're happy to contribute with government. Okay. And David, you mentioned earlier continuity of supply. When you talk about supply in the construction sector, what are you referring to there? We're talking particularly about residential construction. So I'm talking about um, continued activity in terms of residential construction. Uh, and that, as I say, because it's largely private sector driven in terms of uh, individual homeowners or developers developing, that's very much about confidence. Are people going to buy? Um, and so sometimes the partial underwriters say, we'll, we'll keep doing the development or the build uh, because it gives confidence to um, banks to lend, to developers to keep developing in the short term. Uh, but from a government point of view, it's actually a very good deal because uh, as long as they get the criteria right, the call on the government money is, is very, very low. Uh, and so it's not about bankrolling anyone uh, and developers and builders still need to take calculated risks. It's been done elsewhere. It's been done in the United States and Australia and the results over there say that it works. Yes, and we're aware of the flow and effect in the construction sector in New Zealand that for, I, I don't quite recall the numbers, but for every dollar that is spent in um, construction, it magnifies out in the, in the economy. So if we can keep that part of the uh, economy going, it, it tends to flow on into the rest of yeah. the, the uh, economy. That's as well. right. It's, it's something like for every dollar that's spent, there's an additional $2.70 spent. So that's, that's a really okay. high conversion factor compared to most industries. Um, so it's one of the highest economic multipliers. It's also, in terms of the construction industry, one of the major employers of New Zealanders. So it, it has a beneficial effect in terms of the economy and employment. So we would argue, and I think the government mm -hmm. um, accepts in general terms, that this is an industry that has very good returns. We know from... Uh 
you know, economic models, even even back in uh, your your now day, would have been like fifth form economics. These days, it'd be uh, year ten uh, economics. Would have talked about the rules of supply and demand, and we know when there's high demand, it puts pressure on supply. When we think about supply and construction, we think about availability of land, we think about availability of skilled labour, and we think about availability of supply materials. Um, what are you What are you hearing from the from the master builders members in those areas? So I think those three are the areas that we hear mainly about land, materials and people. Uh, and the land stuff is around RMA. So I think there's the political will to look at that. Uh, but that will take time to resolve. Materials, there's definitely some upward pressure on prices at the moment. Uh, and there is disruption to the supply chain for various materials that seems to uh, be increasing um, both geographically around New Zealand and the types of materials that people are, um, are finding shortages. Um, the people stuff is though uh, potentially the biggest and it's not something you can resolve quickly because it's not an industry where we just want warm bodies. Um, it's a skilled industry and so builders um, universally are saying the biggest challenge they are facing is getting skilled tradespeople and specialist trades. And the fact that there's a plenty, plenty of work on means there's upward pressure on prices and also availability of people. One of the conundrums we've got at the moment is that the government is, is rightly trying to address the lack of social housing. The problem with that is that, that that's at scale and they tend to suck up um, a lot of those skilled people. So sub-trades, specialist trades, may well say we'll give preference to some of the government projects because they're big and there's a lot of work that will carry on. That means for some smaller builders, they are struggling to get the people when they need them. The knock-on effect, and again, I don't want to be negative because this is largely a positive story for builders at the moment, is uh, a real need to communicate with homeowners. There are delays, um, and that's just a reality. But it's critical that uh, the builders are honest with their homeowners. They continue to communicate, say, this is where we're at. Here are the things that um, are going to delay us. But, you know, I'll let you know. Uh, because homeowners, we're all, we also are hearing, are getting a bit impatient. They either can't get a builder or when they do, it takes longer. So it's a, um, a bit of a cliche, but it's communication, communication, communication. Mm. Anything on top of that uh, sound planning? Uh, I think it's when we're in a high demand where there's a lot of appetite for our, our services, we're tempted to say, yeah, I can do that, yeah, I can do that, yeah, I can do that. And uh, suddenly we've got uh, three or four more builds on the go than we've got capacity to deliver. And we hear stories of, uh, again, consumers being frustrated because they got told by their builder that they were going to start this month and it's been you know now five months and they still haven't started or it feels like they're on site for half a day and then they're running off for some other project. To, to get it done so I think that um, sound planning around exactly what resources they have available and what they are able to execute um, is, a, is an important part of that process as well. It is absolutely and, and as we, we talked about um, right at the beginning at the time of recording this Auckland's gone down, back into a three-day lockdown those things um, sadly may continue to happen so that planning or, or plan B what if this happens what's my plan um, mm -hmm. Am I communicating not just with the homeowners, but with, with the specialist trades? Mm -hmm. How do I make sure as much as I can that we're on the same page on this stuff? All of those things, it's going to add some challenges, but I think planning ahead, thinking about it, talking to your key partners is critical.
rather than wait to, to a problem to occur, try and anticipate as much as, problem, as possible. What would I do if this occurs? Mm -hmm. So it feels like it's the take some cautious optimism, certainly make uh, make the most of the market conditions we, we face, um, but don't uh, don't bet the entire house on it. Yeah, yeah, I don't want to be chicken little that's talking about the skies falling in because it's not. Uh, it's still a positive no. position at the moment. But, but that's the thing. What we do know historically is that if people um, get a little bit too blasé, they think everything's sweet, and then something happens, then it can turn quickly. So uh, be optimistic. Um, be grateful for the position that New Zealand's in compared to so many countries. But, you know, uh, be smart about it as well. Mm. Mm. And I think one of our challenges in construction is just the timeline involved. Um, certainly having spoken to construction companies, owners, the challenge they face around uh, pricing a build now, which may not start for 9, 10, 12 months for a whole variety of reasons, um, and just the movement in materials prices um, and labour prices alone over that space of 9 or 10 months can really erode margin um, if it's not uh, handled, handled well. Yeah, that's right. And it's important that um, in the contracts that you sign up, you do allow for escalation in prices. Now, homeowners um, often will want a fixed price, but be careful about that, particularly if it's a longer bill, because that is historically mm -hmm. where you get squeezed because the, the head contractor, the builder, may not be able to guarantee a fixed price. Um, the yes. material suppliers aren't necessarily going to agree to that over a long period of time, mm -hmm. and the sub-trades may not as well, mm -hmm. probably won't, in fact. There may be an escalation cause. But again, do that, um, have that conversation, explain why that's the situation. It's not about ripping people off. It's about this is the market, and, mm -hmm. and as builders are in business, and they need to be smart about how they deal um, with that current environment. Mm. Uh, David, we've heard uh, again in the media probably over a long number of years that uh, large-scale prefabrication of, of housing is what's going to happen. It's how it's going to help us solve our supply uh, challenges. I think there's some challenge around the scale required to do that. What's your observation and insights on whether that's going to happen or will it? what might happen there? Well, prefab is not the, the magic bullet in any sense. It, it's definitely an important part of the landscape. In fact, uh, we've been talking to Prefab New Zealand about working more closely together, which I think is smart. Um, a lot of their members are also members of Master Builders. Prefabrication certainly is part of the landscape. It does take some investment and it is a different model. Uh, probably even more so, it relies on continuity of demand. So again, it's part of that story. If we want an industry where people are prepared to take that calculated risk, again, how do we try and make sure that as much as we can, we smooth out some of those extreme highs and lows? And I, and I think Prefab New Zealand would certainly agree with that scenario. Okay. Thanks. Good insights there. What are what are the lessons from the from the GFC? You know, for some of us, it might seem a long time ago, but really, it, it wasn't that that long ago. You talked, or you mentioned earlier, the uh, impacts of the recovery of that when we go into uh, something similar to the global financial crisis. Uh, if we have to let go of the likes of uh, skilled tradespeople because we don't have the the work, then trying to bring them back on stream uh, is very very challenging. Is just one example. Um, what are the other lessons of the of the GFC? see that we could be thinking about now and trying to avoid um, experiencing again? Well, we've talked a little bit about um, the work with the government to, to impact or, or lessen the impacts, but so I won't go through that again. I think it's at the individual business level is to understand that things change. 
and to, to do that planning, to think ahead. Now, what if there was a downturn? What do I need to have in place? Uh, how do I manage my people? How do I manage my customers? How do I preserve some of the longer-term relationships? Because downturns do happen, unfortunately, but then there's an upside on the other side. So thinking through the cycle, I think the smart businesses have been through this and they've thought about how they manage the downturn and the upturn because both are equally dangerous in terms of either being squeezed with rising prices or with a lack of, of demand. One of the key things is don't just grab jobs at any price because there is a, a tendency to say, I need to grab the work and I'll grab it. Um, but actually, if it's if it's a job that's not going to pay, if you're not going to, going to get the margins that you need to run the business, think that through. I think also get advice. It can be quite a lonely job, particularly running um, a small to medium business. So do get advice. Don't be afraid to do so. And I guess the perennial thing that we've been talking about for the last two years at least is look after yourself with your physical and mental health, the people around you. Keep in touch. Um, don't let that stuff go by. Yep. Uh, fantastic advice there, David. And uh, the Master Builders provide such a great environment to do that, whether it be through the uh, regional network of, of members' uh, sites that they have, um, online via Elevate. We've got lots of courses in there to help people with that um, planning, uh, thinking about their mental uh, health and wellbeing. And we will be continuing this year with the uh, webinar series, uh, bringing topical guests and um uh, experts to the to the table to help the the construction group uh, you know, thrive in really what is great great yeah. conditions and yeah I know I know we've been trying to present a bit of a balanced view today around both making the most of the upside but just protecting a little bit around the potential risks of of high growth mm. times uh, but I think overall this is such a good environment for uh, construction and it is actually a really good time to be a construction business owner so um, you know I think if our listeners today are going, oh, you guys are being a bit uh, downcast, that wasn't the intent. It is just about you know, celebrating you know, or, or making the most of the, the environment we've got, but also being just a little bit cautious and planning for what future changes might might come up as well. So I think it's been good. David, would you like to add anything um, else well, before I think we close I'll, out? Today? I'll pick up on your, your plug for Elevate. Um, in fact, I recently had a conversation with a builder and talking about some of the things they're trying to do and, and pointed them at, at Elevate. And they said, oh, I didn't actually realise because people are busy. But actually, free, there's mm-hmm. some great resources on there. They cover a whole range of topics, as you say, whether it's finances, dealing with people, contracts. Um, and there are experts that are talking about that in simple, plain language, easy to absorb videos, short, um, as I say, no cost. And for any of our members, all of their staff can have access to that for free. Um, you can't get a better deal than that. And instead of trying to um, find it out all yourself, it's there. So use it. Um, and you can do it at any time. You know, if you can't sleep at night and you need to, uh, you know, something that's going to help you, um, you know, it's it's great. Or you can get your team to watch it all together. Yeah. Fantastic, David. Thank you for that. And if people want to uh, access Elevate, they can just go to the Master Builders homepage uh, website and they'll see an Elevate icon there where they can can access. Um, look, David, I, I think it's important to highlight to the members 
the valuable work that you and the Master Builders team do on the, let's call it the macro level, those discussions you are having with government, with providers, input to things like the RMA, input into developing uh, talent through uh, printer schemes and those kind of things. So really helping out with that macro level and then also providing uh, a tribe for people to belong to with Master Builders. Really, I think, again, you mentioned that it was lonely or can be lonely. And Master Builders provides an environment for its members to come together. You know, we're not competing against each other. We're, we're a group that wants to see an industry succeed and uh, yeah, certainly encourage the members to, to come together and make the most of that. Yep, absolutely. And we've got some, uh, some great ideas around marketing that we'll be rolling out shortly. So um, look forward to you know, people taking advantage of that and engaging in it. Fantastic. Thanks for your uh, time today, David. And we look forward to uh, catching up with you on the next Chiefs Chat. Cheers, Ryan. Take care.